Dr. Payne Show, 1-855-55-DR-LOU, D-R-L-O-U. You can also call here today and talk to us over the next hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You just got back from uh, being south. How did that How was that for the old bones and joints, buddy? Yeah, it felt good. It doesn't know, feel right? good now that I'm back, nope. but it was nice while I was down yeah. there, that's for sure. How's things with you guys? Good, man. Good. Yeah, awesome. Good. What do you got going on today? Uh, well, some interesting stuff. Actually, I thought this would be an interesting story to, to, to share. It's, it's not exactly positive, but it kind of highlights, um, you know, the reality of what I try to do for people. Yep. So I had a person that gave me a call. Um, she was recommended to call me from someone else. I don't know if she's a listener of the show. I just remember her saying that someone else uh, told her to call me. Uh, I'm not going to go through in detail what her issue was because I don't think it really matters towards the story. So she she goes on about her issue. And as I'm going, I'm asking her, like, you know, have you done this? Have you done that? So after I'm done speaking to her for about 10 minutes, I tell her, I say, well, you know, she wants to come see me. And I tell her, I, I don't think that that's actually the best course of action right now. I think um, dealing with your family doctor is actually the better course of action right now. Continue dealing with him or her um, and maybe get a referral to this type of specialty right. is what I suggested. Um, but otherwise, I don't think it's something that I'm going to add value to um, for your care. And she, uh, quote unquote, told me that she was severely disappointed um, with my service. And I was kind of like, well, you know, and, and I just thought it was interesting because I thought this this is how I am when I'm when I'm speaking to people. If, if I don't think that I can help you or my team can help you, I'm not going to make that recommendation. Like I don't I, I'm not in this in this to try to fool people into coming to see yeah, me or it's whatever better that way. Yeah. And I just wanted to be honest with her. I was like, you know, I'm really sorry that you're disappointed, uh, but. You know, you could come see me. You could pay the fee to see me. Um, and I'm not going to be able to tell you much more than I'm telling you right now. And you're going to have to drive. She lived about an hour and a half away. And I was like, so I- I'm really trying to do this for you more than I am for me. And in all honesty, is that, you know, the reality is that you're not going to benefit from seeing me. You have an issue that I think needs to be dealt with with your family yeah. doctor um, and continue doing so. And so, you know, I just think it really I, I wanted to bring it up because I, I really want to stress the way I go about the phone consultation. Um, Not everybody that calls me turns into a patient of mine because some people like this lady, I'm not going to be able to help them. I'm not set up, you know, not necessarily that I'm not set up, but it's not necessarily what we are experts in at what we do. Um, And so if we're not experts in it, we're not going to deal with it. And so it was kind of interesting. And I think a lot of people, you know, the vast majority of people that I've dealt with that I've um, given them that advice, they, they are extremely happy. I had another gentleman uh, that I was, I was making my calls and I actually had called him maybe four or five calls before I called this lady. And, um, and he was up in uh, Barry, and he had been having a long-standing low back issue, which obviously I'm well equipped to deal with. Yep. Um, he was considering the option of potentially having surgery. And kind of wanted to get to see a neurosurgeon say, basically said that it's taken a long time for him to get to a neurosurgeon at this point. Is there anything else that he can do at this point? Can he come see me? And I went through everything with him and I, and I kind of said like, listen, you know, there's a, there's a wait list for neurosurgery no matter what. And so uh, when there's a wait list, it's, it's for a reason. Number one, um, I think the stat is, I can't remember, but I remember there was a research study that came out a few, uh, few years ago that something like 96 or 97 percent of people that see a spine surgeon don't actually need to see that spine surgeon which essentially means that out of every hundred people that a spine surgeon is seen uh, he or she is only really uh, operating on one or two or three people uh, which means that there's 97 people that are sent there that have some type of low back pain issue that's not being dealt with the right way 
Um, and so that's number one, the reason for the long wait list there. Number two, um, a lot of the people that they see aren't surgical. It's just, you know, once sometimes people who don't understand the low back, well, once a person has something on an MRI, like a disc herniation, they're just told, okay, go see a spine surgeon, but that's not necessarily the next best step. Um, This person's issue was also chronic longstanding. He didn't really have what he described to be very much neurological functional impairments. And I basically told him, I said, you know, just by the sounds of it, if I had to guess, I'm not giving you a recommendation right now, but it probably sounds like you don't actually need to have surgery, which is a, is great. It, I mean, no, that, no that's very, very important. If you don't have to have surgery for anything, I think you should always opt out to not have the surgery because why not, right? Yep. Like who really wants to go under the knife if you don't have to? Um, and I said, but you know, there's other things that you could be doing. And I gave him recommendations on um, uh, a guy, a biomechanist out of uh, uh, Waterloo University called Stu McGill, um, who's essentially the foremost expert on um, low back rehabilitation and how to prevent back pain. And we were lucky because we have him right here in Ontario. So, and I actually think I, I you know, I, I use him a lot in clinical practice when I give people the things that they should be doing, but I don't think I've brought him up very much on the radio. Uh, but anybody that's suffering from low back pain, I, I, you should do your own research and just type in the, the name Stu McGill into, uh, into Google and look at his exercises that he recommends for low back. Because if, if you've got that, um, and you're doing the right graded exercise. Now, again, I, Stu, Stu McGill even recommends that people should be working with an expert to grade the exercises, give it to them. But it's always good to have a good general understanding. Anyways, right. I'm speaking with this person. I go through with him all of this. He's four years in the loop of trying to get this figured out. He ends off by saying that in a five or six minute conversation that I had with him, I had given him more information than he's had in the last six years from numerous professionals. No so kidding. it was such a drastic change to go from that person to hear such you know praise in that sense and and he was happy he understood i didn't drag him in i said no just stay where you are go go get this person do this versus this other lady who was kind of like you know i'm so disappointed with uh you not being able to help me but me helping you doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be me specifically helping you my my help may simply just be a recommendation to continue seeing your family doctor or try a set of exercises or whatever see a different type of uh healthcare professional whatever there's so many different um, possibilities that are really case dependent on whatever the person is presenting with. So, you know, that that's that's the free phone consultation. So when you give me a call, I, I want to talk to everybody. So it, it doesn't cost you anything. It is a free phone consultation. You give me a call, leave me a message, and I'm going to give you a call back and we're going to discuss your issue. That, by the way, is info at paincarecanada.com and one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. And the phone lines here are open. You have pain concerns, you're feeling pain, whatever it is, bring it on health concerns here to answer them right till 12 o'clock this afternoon. It's the Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1114, plenty of time to call in. You have questions, you have pain questions, health questions, bring them on. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll get to all that stuff. Uh, Jeff, first one up, pal, how are you? Hey, man. Good morning. Thanks, uh, Dr. Lou, and uh, for taking my call. I'm no a long-time problem. listener. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I was um, skiing in Austria last week. Nice. Poor you. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you poor bastard. It was beautiful, actually. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Like, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, 10 degrees, great snow, everything. Awesome. But on the last day, um, what I did was um, I, I had a little fall. Um um, and uh, my knee's fine, like I, uh, I can run on it, but what I'm having is significant torsion pain on it. Torsion? Uh, yeah, so okay. like if I move my ankle right to the left or right, um, but I can pound on it from running, it's no problem. 
Okay. But uh, any flexibility on it, left to right, is extremely painful. And, um, yeah, I don't know what to do. Like, if I should go to the hospital, get it checked out, or, like, my GP, if he refers me to the specialist, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go, go to the emergency room, obviously. It does sound like it's an emergency. I mean, no. uh, the one thing we have to appreciate is the knee is not really meant for much torsion. There's a little bit of uh, range of uh, motion and freedom that it has for those types of movements that you... Are describing but it's the the knee is a simple hinge joint which is basically made to flex right. and extend which is probably why running is okay but anything that involves some type of a twist when you incorporate the ankle is it starts exactly. to affect it now that because the knee is not made for that and because when you think of things like meniscal injuries or acls a lot of the time that's kind of how it happens is a planted foot with some type of torsion in the knee that leads to that type of thing now it doesn't sound like yours is is a full torn meniscus or or no. ACL or anything no. like that? No, but it may be a, a slight strain of those uh, same uh, uh, ligaments at the same time, or or sprain. Sorry, uh, of those ligaments that um, is potentially leading to that type of uh, scenario. So, I mean, if you've listened to the show a long time, you've probably over the last few weeks heard uh, Doctor Bergavin, Doctor Gordon, who have been yeah. on a few times, and you know they they are. They've made it quite clear that with something like the knee, the x-rays, the ultrasound, those types of things are never going to be as good as just having someone who knows the knee assess it properly. Yeah. And yeah. in all reality, oftentimes family doctors, walk-in doctors, they, you know, they're there for a different reason. They're gatekeepers of health, so they know a lot mm -hmm. about a lot of different things, but they're not mm -hmm. specialized in any one thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, they, they may not be the super best people to assess the knee. Um, and, and maybe other people like chiropractors, physiotherapists, people that specialize in these types of sports mm -hmm. injuries might actually be a better bet. Um, and then okay. if need be, potentially the um, seeing a specialist. But now you would also know that we have our, our knee clinic, which, yeah. um, you know, I think you and I should speak after the show for sure and yeah. see if you qualify to see one of the surgeons. Because, again, the whole point of this knee clinic and, and just because I'm talking to you and I've had a few calls, sometimes people will call in. Um, the whole point of the knee clinic is we're trying to identify people who need surgery. This yeah. is the big thing. Mm -hmm. If you're going to see a surgeon, you're going to see them because you need surgery. Otherwise, right. you don't need to see them. Yep. A lot of the times when I've gone through it with a person, there's there's a list of questions that can pretty much do a, a good job of helping to exclude um you know what something uh is and so or if it's something that's surgical and so you know, sometimes people have been like, oh, well, you know, I, I really want to see the surgeon. It's like, yeah, but if you don't need to, if I'm telling you that you don't need to, why would you want that option? Yeah. Right. That's right. you don't you don't want that. So don't be disappointed if we speak after right. the, the show and we go through a set of questions and I say, no, it doesn't sound like it's a surgical thing. If I do think it's a surgical thing, the whole reason why we have this program in place is we can skip all the BS of you coming to see me and then going to see yeah. that person or family doctor. And then that. No, just skip it and go. Fast straight. Track it. Yeah. Fast tracking and just yeah. go straight to that. Um, and, right. and, the, and the reason why those surgeons are willing to run this program with me is because they know I'll assess it properly. That's the difference, right? That's why, uh, you know, that whole stat about why spine surgeons are oversaturated. Most surgeons are oversaturated because a lot of people that see surgeons don't actually end up needing surgery. And so, um, right. you know, if there's, if there's better outcomes and algorithms to try to um, determine who the best people are to see, a surgeon, then that's going to help everything. That's going to help the the surgeon with you know what they need to do, which is surgery. It's going to help the patient with seeing the right person, mm -hmm. and it's also going to improve the overall system. But yeah, it doesn't right. sound like you've done anything major, uh, but maybe the start of some slight sprain strain 
presentation yeah. and definitely something we can look at for sure. Yeah, thanks, Dr. You guys rock. Yeah, it's awesome. just, um, you know, it's a little swollen, a little warm still. Mm-hmm. I get a little tingling. In Are the you icing then. it? Uh, yeah, I, I've been elevating and icing it, absolutely. So, yeah, so, uh, so give me a call on the one eight five 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 drlou number and just leave yep. me a message and uh, I'll give you a call and we'll discuss everything. Okay, you guys rock. Have a great weekend. Awesome, Thanks. you too. Thanks, Jeffy. Keep care of that knee and your phone calls coming up as well. I see you there, Peter. And for you as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Dr. Pancho continues. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Lots of time to call in. You have questions, pain questions, health questions. Bring them on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Info at paincarecanada.com is the email. And if you want to get a hold of uh, Dr. Lou anytime, one eight five 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 drlou Pete. How are you? Good morning. Great. Thanks. How are you doing? Good, bud. What's going on? Um, so I'm, I'm an active guy. Try to stay fit. I've been um, training in martial arts most of my life. The last seven or eight months, I've had issues with my hip and my lower back. And uh, it doesn't really, I stretch. I'm, you know, it, it, my hip gets sore if I sort of overuse it now. And it seems, um, even if I'm now busy doing stuff around the house, by the end of the day, my lower back is really sore and really, really stiff. And, I'm just not sure sort of I'm, – I'm sure they're related in some way, but I'm not really sure what's the best course to go and get it fixed. I've cool. looked at chiropractors and others, but I'm just not sure what's going on. Sure. So when you say hip, let's let's try to make sure that it's the actual hip. Do you mean the like the front, the groin area, or in the back towards the butt? So I've had pain in the hip flexor, okay. and, I, and, and then after a long day or training, it'll be pain sort of feels like right in the hip joint. Right in the hip, so right anteriorly, like in the front of, of the body type of thing. Correct. Okay. Correct. And then, so, and that's the right or the left side? Left side. Left side. And the low back pain is also on the same side? The low back seems to be center lower back. Center lower back. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how old are you, Peter? Uh, 49. 49. Any other history like of, of low back pain issues prior or hip issues, anything like that? Never. And I, again, I've always been active, but we've been training in martial arts most of my life. Never had back problems, never had hip problems. Just the last six to eight months, it seems to have come on, and it's really getting frustrating. And you would say it's pretty constant or, or it tends to come and go? Well, the hip seems to be sore daily. Okay. Um, and it seems to be worse, obviously, the more I use it. Back pain, generally okay, unless I'm, like, I've been doing a lot of renovations around my house lately, so... By the end of the day, my back is—I can barely stand up, and it's really sore. Okay, so it's fair to say that both the hip and the and the low back seem to be related more to overuse versus if you're at rest. Correct. Okay. Well, okay. That I mean that that starts to tip me off, obviously, towards the overuse. You start to think more mechanical uh, causes of of somebody's pain, which obviously this very much sounds like it. But the reality is that low back and hip issues can be referred by visceral organs and things like that. Um, so yeah, it definitely sounds more on the mechanical side, which is good. Um, you know, uh, one thing that's important to to always note, and not just for yourself but for everybody, is people often say, "I've never had anything like this before." And all of a sudden I have it. Well, sometimes that's just the way your body breaks down is that eventually there's just the straw that breaks the camel's back and you all of a sudden start to feel those things. Um, So, you know, and and the other thing here is you may have one issue that's causing both uh, the symptoms of the low back and the hip pain, or you may very well have two separate issues, or it might be two separate issues that are somehow related from a functional uh, perspective. And so, you know, that that obviously is going to be difficult for me to to tell you over over the radio here. Um, but 
you know, that is where with a proper assessment, someone is going to be able to figure out, okay, what exactly is going on here? Is this, is this a result of something like a disc issue potentially causing radiation? Where exactly in your low back is, uh, is the pain? Is it higher up in the low back or lower down? Lower down, I lower feel down. like right above my hips. Right above the hips. Okay, so yeah. that yeah, so those nerves tend to go. The the nerves in the like L one, L two tend to and T twelve, T eleven tend to refer into the anterior groin. So sometimes people can have um, issues at you know mi low mid back to high low back, and and it can cause anterior hip pain. Sometimes SI joint pain. So the sacroiliac joint, which is the where the sacrum and the ilium meet at the back, uh, right. sometimes that can also cause a referral pain anteriorly to the hip. Uh, it could also be the hip if you're a very active guy there might be some oa going on in that hip and it's just starting to um to break down and and maybe because the hip is is starting to break down a little bit your, your low back is now starting to get inflamed uh as as a form of compensation or you know it could be a couple of other things it's, it's really obviously very difficult to say i would say again your best bet have you seen anybody or, or nobody at all I mean, I've been to a chiropractor, but that's just more functional to get it moving and sort of loosen it up. But I've never got any diagnosis on it. Okay, so no one's ever, like, formally tried to diagnose you or anything like that. I guess no. the, the chiro's been, what, more manipulation-based work, yep. like, more from... Okay, yeah, yep. so so not all chiros practice that way either. There are other chiros, you know, such as myself, that um, are going to practice more from a diagnostic perspective. So uh, you may want to try seeing a different chiropractor that has more of that approach. Um, I see you're up in, where are you, Port Perry? You know, yeah. we, we can speak after the show and, and I can help you uh, find somewhere closer to home for you to go. Uh, but I, I think you, you have to get it checked out. And I think it sounds like you already know that. Um, and that's going to be the only way. And, you know, I don't I don't advise waiting much longer than you already have, just because, again, once you start to look at the chronicity of things, um, once you start to pass the six month mark, that's when things you know, start to set in, in the chronic stage. Um, and that means that they become harder and harder to treat. So uh, I think the sooner, the better for sure. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Peter. It's one uh, 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. Now, when you talk chronicity, you mean it's not only physically gets harder to treat or becomes a mental pathway now to break down? 100%. The longer it goes, the more of a mental pathway. Now, the good right. thing is that like six months, it's not it's not that kind of a pathway yet. But, you know, when you're dealing with people who say I've, I've had something for, you know, I, I've met people that say I have had low back pain for 30 years. That's me. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a big psychological component there, right? Oh, yeah. uh, and when I say again, it, I got to think of a better term for it. it, it well, there, neuropathic is the term, but I guess I want to use a term that people will understand. But um, psychological, not meaning like personality and things like that. It's not like you're crazy because this is what a lot of no. people think. It's what I simply mean by it is your your brain is your motherboard for your body. And the more times you run a certain uh, message one way mm -hmm. from the body to the brain and you repeat that message, that message somehow gets learned. Um, and it's it like almost, the missing image, right? Yeah, it, it, it is all going to become ingrained. And so as it becomes ingrained, that is why these things become harder and harder to treat. And and that that psychological, mental component of the pain is so very, very important. It's like a brain habit, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and then then there's a big spiral around that. And we can, uh, we'll, we'll go into all that stuff when we come back from yep, break. Sure, we will. And your phone calls as well. Bring them on. Uh, open lines 416 870 6400, star 640. On your cell, Dr. Pain Show. Global News Radio 640 Toronto, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You got questions, pain, uh, health questions, bring them on. Dr. Uh, Dr. Luce here till, uh, till 12 o'clock. Hey, Dave, welcome. 
Hey, uh, I have a pain in the front of my leg, and it's kind of like in the groin area. It's oh. numb. It burns. And uh, I'm just wondering if it could be nerve damage. Well, it, it, it definitely sounds like it's a nerve symptom. That I can tell you for sure when someone says numbness and burning, those are all neurological types of symptoms, which, yeah, leads me to believe that something neurological is the culprit. Mm. Um, is it is it damage to the extent that's not, you know, reversible? I'm not sure that that, you know, it's that's going to be much harder for me to answer um, over this. But give me a little bit of history. When did this all start? Um, I'd say about three weeks ago, I was just out one night. Uh, I hurt my lower back. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was hurt for like probably a week. I I was in bed. And then as I, as that was going on, just my, my groin area and the top of my thigh, I noticed it was really numb and burning and just very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if there's a, if there's some type of correspondence between back and the groin and the numbness, obviously, as I was saying in the previous caller, uh, all of the nerves that go to the pelvis area and in the legs come from somewhere in the low back, whether it's higher up or lower down, but there's, but they all come from there. So, um, you know, if it all kind of, uh, started at the same time, then, I mean, that starts to put t- together a correlation, potentially causation type of relationship there. So maybe that means that you were doing something, uh, you set off your back, and now the nerve in your back is is aggravated and you're feeling that pain um, at its termination point, which would be in the groin area or at a part in that nerve. So, Or again, it might be a separate issue where you may have um, this back pain, but you may also have um, a nerve issue in the inner thigh. Um, have you ever had anything like this before? No, never. No. How old are you? I'm 50. 50, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's something you should definitely get checked out because, uh, I mean, there's no way. I think at three weeks, this is this is when you get things checked out for sure. The earlier, right. the better, um, especially when it comes to nerves because nerves can take so, you know, sometimes they never heal. And, and when they do heal, they, they can take a very long time because nerve tissue doesn't, it almost doesn't regenerate at all. But And, and even once you remove an irritation off of it, it does take time for for that uh, nerve to start to get all its proper function back. So I think um, it's good that it's early, but I think you need to be seeing someone just to try to get it figured okay, out. Okay, so, so my practitioner is setting me up for an MRI is on the right track. That sounds like it's on the right track, yeah. I mean, the, the only issue there that I would say is, again, sometimes testing is not necessarily as important as good physical testing. Yeah. Um, and right. potentially with an MRI, you might be waiting three months, and now all of a sudden we get into that same discussion. You're you're waiting around. You're not getting better. So yeah. I, I mean, go see a chiro, go see a physio, somebody to to help with that, a massage therapist, someone who really understands those things well. In the meantime, that it's good that that MRI has already been uh, ordered. Uh, but you know, you could be seeing someone else to also start doing some therapy, and then you know, hopefully, once you have the MRI, it's it's. It, it all comes back clear, but yeah. you know, then again, that now again, it brings up the the question of, of of a broken system in a sense because you get better and then you go for an MRI, you spend all that money and the, it doesn't show anything. So, right. um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say wait around for the MRI uh, because you may be waiting around for a while. So be proactive on these sorts of yes, sir. always yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, thank you very much. Great show and. Uh... Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that again. one 855 doctor Lou, D-R-L-O-U. If you want to follow up uh, later on, feel free to do so. Marianne, good morning. Hi. How are Hi, you? How are you? Good. What's I'm going on? Um, I've just been recently diagnosed with two partial tears in my rotator cuff uh, by ultrasound. Okay. So my family physician has recommended um, 
extreme physiotherapy as the first line of defense. Mm-hmm. My concern lies with do I do that or should I, you know, bite the bullet and go see an orthopedic surgeon since I do have a mechanical issue. So, so my question would be, do, does your physical exam, did your family doctor perform a physical exam on your shoulder as well? Um, she, uh, movement wise, yeah. Yeah. Like did, did she do specific orthopedic tests and those things, or was it just generally like, Hey, lift your arm, bring it down. Um, and yeah, let, just- let's send you for an ultrasound. Uh, just lift your arm, bring yeah. it down, let's set you for an ultrasound because I had gone to physio and it was getting better. Right. Yeah. Uh, originally. So yeah, that that for me is one of the things when you look at like when someone tells me I've been diagnosed with something on ultrasound, that's more that's an impression, not a diagnosis, because a, a radiologist doesn't, um, you know, know your hasn't clinically seen the person. In my experience, and again, we've had Dr. Bergava, who's a an orthopedic surgeon specializing in shoulders, on the show previously, and also again, my experience, what I've seen in practice, a lot of the times partial tears don't necessarily correlate with what's causing the person's pain. Uh, Partial tears are something like wear and tear. It's kind of like osteoarthritis of the low back and and just simple degenerative disc disease. It may very well be the culprit. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, Uh, yeah. because I did have trauma by falling. Okay. And so after that, it wasn't immediate, but it seemed to be two months after my fall, it was there. Right, but but did you have an ultrasound prior to that fall to know that you didn't no, have partial thickness no. tears at that? No. Right, and and that's what when we when we look at this from a, from a, a research perspective, that's a lot of the times what we find is that a lot of the times it, it's kind of like if someone says, "Hey, I hurt my low back," and it's and it has degenerative disc disease. It's easier for us to understand. Well, that didn't just happen, uh, but. Uh, with a partial thi- uh, partial thickness tear of a rotator cuff muscle, it may very well have happened from the trauma. It may also not have happened from the trauma. You were seeing a physiotherapist already. What did they suggest was the problem? Well, he, the physiotherapist was adamant that there was nothing wrong, like there wasn't a tear. Okay. Just, uh, so yeah. he was like, no, that's not a tear. It's, no, not a tear, but it, it wasn't getting any better. So that's yeah. where I thought, okay, let me go see my family doctor. And, of course, first... They did a x-ray and then they did the ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And she said prior to booking an MRI and potentially seeing an orthopedic specialist, let's try this route first. Okay, so what, what were you doing with the physiotherapist? What type of therapies um, was he or she doing? They were doing ultrasound um, and ice and cold packs and exercises. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, there it might have just been, again, and how much treatment did you do with them? I did about six weeks three times a week. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's a significant course of therapy. Um, you know, it may have just been the wrong type of therapy to do. I, I would say that I maybe tend to agree with your family doctor on this, that I don't know that going to see an orthopedic, like you have to also understand an orthopedic surgeon is not going to really do much for partial thickness tears, right? They don't, okay. you know, like if, if you have a full tear of a, of it, they'll go in and they essentially snap it back into place. But you know, for for something that's a partial thickness tear, there's not really much that can be done um, from well, a surgical okay. perspective. So, with with uh, extensive physio, should I should the pain be alleviated at some point? Yeah. Uh, would there be an increase in range of motion because getting dressed, doing just regular daily activities? Is, is painful. Yeah. So, so what I would say is the the whole goal with rehabilitation um, and when you're doing rehabilitation should be first to get the function and range back 
of the mm-hmm. of the area that you're working with and then paying a secondary so um okay. you know i where are you at you're in brampton i see give give me That's a call right. and maybe we I'll, i can assess this for you and i can maybe recommend a good therapy place for this because um where dr bergava works they have a physiotherapy clinic in there um and and they specifically deal with knees and shoulders <clears throat> excuse me so that may be a good place to to deal with just because that's what those physiotherapists are dealing with all the time so uh, maybe having someone more specialized in the physiotherapy or chiropractic world look at it might be a better idea okay sounds okay good. all right thank you marianne appreciate that again one 855 dr lou d-r-l-o-u info at paincarecanada.com and your phone call still got lots of time here till uh, 12 o'clock this afternoon 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got an email, by the way, info at you want to reach out to. You just got this right now, was it? Sir? Yeah, and, the, and this isn't a question. It's more of a concern that someone raised, and we'll go through in a sec. But I also want to say that anybody at any point, if you're listening um, and you want to have, uh, you know, you want to have a, a good conversation, because some people may disagree uh, or think that I'm wrong on the things that yep. I'm saying. I'm happy to discuss that as long as it's done respectfully on everyone's part, right? Like, I don't want someone calling in telling me I'm an idiot. You're like, a DB. We, yeah, yeah we, thanks. Yeah, we can have this as... And, and and Robert, who sent this email, did it in a very respectful way, which I appreciate. And so I want to, you know, address this point. So um, it, it's quite long, long. so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially the gist of it is that he he listens to the show quite often, um, but he... He thinks that uh, he disagrees with the point uh, that chiropractors can help uh, alleviate and diagnose pain because there's a lot of chiropractors out there um, that that practice what's called a subluxation method, yeah. um, and that subluxation method is more based on uh, just spinal adjustment and yeah. you know doing those things. Now, w- what I can say is I-, I need to try to a fine line here because I'm also I'm part of the profession, and so we have rules and regulations where we can't say negative things uh, about our peers. What I will say is this, is that, yes, there is there are two parts to the profession for sure. Um, and one part of the profession practices very much the way I do. Um, that is is simply based on on diagnosis, proper evidence-based medicine diagnosis, mm-hmm. and treatment with the things that we do. Now, obviously, I do it a little bit different because I also have a large team of other healthcare professionals, so I can make yeah. internal referrals, et cetera. But there is a group of chiropractors that practice more of a wellness-based method where it's not really, you're not going there to get a diagnosis about your pain. You're just simply going there because it's more of this wellness approach that the belief is that spinal adjusting, um, manipulation, yeah. manipulation, they don't call it manipulation, they'll call it adjusting, leads to uh, some other type of secondary health benefit. I don't practice that way, so I'm not going to comment on it. Yeah. I can tell you that I know people that sometimes go to that type of chiropractor and have very good outcomes. And I know some people that go to chiropractors like me and have good outcomes. And I equally know people that go to people, to chiropractors that practice subluxation method and don't have good outcomes and equivocally. So of course, I, it's all over the map. It's all, it's all yeah, over man. the map. What I will say is I believe whenever you see any healthcare professional, because the reality is you can use the chiropractic profession for this as an example, but really every healthcare profession has people. There's some doctors that are heavy pill pushers, like family doctors and then there's others that are not they won't they won't give you a pill if their life depended yeah. on it um there's physiotherapists that practice only uh, exercises, but then there's others that'll say, no, I also use some machinery and I like to do some manual therapy. There's always, there's always different schools within each profession. Yep. What I always encourage people to do is don't necessarily crucify somebody because of their profession. If you're going to crucify somebody, crucify them because they've earned it. 
right? So if, if someone has done something wrong to you and, or you don't believe what they're saying or whatever, or, or there's a lot of red flags, then that is the person that you can say, I don't trust that person. But right. let's not just like in Andrew's point here, he's putting a banner on all of these chiropractors. And I'm only saying, let's not do that. If you know specific ones that you uh, believe are not doing the right things, then fine. Th that is that. But there's also a group of chiropractors such as myself that don't practice that way. And maybe those are the chiropractors that are best suited for this type of person. Right. Equally so, there may be people out there just looking for that wellness-based approach. And and yes, the wellness-based approach of adjusting does lack scientific evidence, but some people are okay with that. Some people are doing some really weird therapies out there that have no scientific uh, basis whatsoever. My big thing is as long as you are okay, if you are an informed consumer as a health, as a, as a patient, as long as you are informed, you're okay with what's happening, then I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think you need to be informed. And I think you have to have an open mind that you, on either side of that, that doesn't mean you should accept everything that someone says. It also, it means you should be critical of what people say. And critical doesn't mean yeah. negative. It means just cr cr critique it. There's good and there's positive. If the good outweighs the positive, if the good outweighs the bad, um, then, then you go with it and that's your choice. Um, so yeah, just to address that point uh, that Robert sent over, um, you know, that that is within every profession, not just healthcare. Uh, I think most professions have different schools of thought within each profession. And so, um, you know, if, if, the, if you don't want to see a certain school of thought within a profession, that's your choice. But that doesn't mean you should never use that profession. I remember that you showed me that video about a year ago, that that doctor, he gets people just, <clears throat> he gives them a good yank. Yeah, there's a guy in Texas. Yeah, he yeah. does it. Yeah, exactly. And that's something like, I mean, I would never do, but this guy's got like, you know, millions of hits on YouTube. So obviously people are going to see him. And again, that that's not what I'm here to discuss. My right. and, and that's another thing with me. Sometimes when I, when people are like, "Oh, but you're a chiropractor, so am I going to get chiropractic treatment?" No, you're going to get a pain assessment with me. Once you get that assessment, we're going to determine what is wrong, and, and I'm going to give you the evidence based recommendation. I very often will refer to chiropractors within my clinic, but I also very often will refer to the physios, the massage therapists, sure. uh, the surgeons, the family doctors. It's whatever is the the person needs, and we have to remember that we have so much at our disposal um, that treating people with pain and injuries using this multifaceted approach is going to be the, what provides the best outcomes sure. for people. 416-870-6400, star 640 on still. Still got some uh, cell, uh, you still got some time rather to call through, get into uh, Dr. Payne's show here, get your questions, comments to us. Info at paincarecanada.com and outside of show hours, of course, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. It's Dr. Payne's show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.54, still got some time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You want to reach out to, to Dr. Lou anytime, it's info at paincarecanada.com and one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. It is almost spring. You can't tell by the temperatures, but it's bright in the morning. Soon it's going to be the golf, going to be the inline skating, going to be the cycling, going to be all that stuff, and your clinic's going to fill up with sports injuries. Yeah, I mean, it? yeah, it, it kind of it happens at the transition of every season because <laughs> yeah. there's always something. It's a different sport yep. or whatever, but definitely um, this time of the year is uh, you know people want to get more active, so mm -hmm. they're more willing uh, to go out and start running and and do risk their joints. Yep. Yeah, and 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 do those things. And I mean, we we've we've talked about this before that one of the one of the biggest things that prevents people from achieving their um, health goals in terms of like losing weight, getting muscle, whatever it is their goal may be in that is they sustain an injury and it stops mm -hmm. them. Um, and I mean, 
we've been doing this show for a while now, and I mean, I think you get the sense that, you know, even even as as humans ourselves, we tend to put things off, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't we don't hurt ourselves today, tomorrow, and think, okay, I better get this checked out right away. But, you know, the one thing that I can tell you is, you if you can make a cognitive, a conscious effort um, to be that way when it comes to injuries, um, I think it's going to be very good for you because it's really going to help um, improve. Uh, how how likely you are to continue with your goals because you don't want an injury like they especially as you get older injuries don't just really get better by themselves sometimes right. they like the symptom of pain will disappear but maybe the injury is still kind of there um, the other thing too that we struggle with a lot of times when we see people with um, like we you know you say just as an example someone says you know I used to have a shoulder injury and then it kind of healed itself and now I reaggravated my shoulder injury well when the body especially with tears breaks things like that the body um, heals in such a way that's called a haphazard manner so you know when you look at if you were to look at muscle or tendons or things under microscope all the all the fibers are aligned a certain way that makes right. sense right like if you're going to put flooring in your house you're going to align it the you same bet. way it just it's just kind of the natural way to do things However, when the body heals itself, it's really good at creating itself, right, from the get-go. But when it starts to heal itself, imagine you've got an area of flooring that just broke. Instead of, you know, realigning it perfectly straight, what the body does is just starts jamming stuff all every single way. It's kind of like if a window, you know, like when you've seen people's windows it's like scar tissue up. on the outside looks different. Exactly. That's that's a great point. Yeah, scar tissue on the outside of your body looks different than the actual skin because it's haphazard. It's just it's just really meant to be a short-term safety net because, again, when you think about it, our bodies weren't designed like if you hurt your shoulder 10,000 years ago, it just needed to heal so that you could live for, you know, the next 5, 10 years and, and then good enough. But, you know, now when you're living an extra 50, 60, 70 years, whatever it may be, yeah. well, you know, th- those th- that haphazard way uh, of healing may not necessarily be the most ideal for the way we live today and the length of time that we live. And so sometimes when we're intervening on that, we actually have to try to break down yeah. uh, that injury and, and get it to reheal, which again is no easy task, especially if it's an old injury. If it's a little bit newer, it's a little bit easier, uh, but not not when it's an old injury. That's It's almost impossible. Actually. we got time to, uh, to grab a call. Gary, how are you? Yeah, hi, good, thank you. Um, I have a quick question. I was just wondering... Um, what kind of treatment I should get for my uh, neck. I, I, I woke up uh, about a year ago and I had the stiff neck and it just never went away. Yep. And I, I had an x-ray done on it and um, they said it was degenerate disc. Yeah. So the, this goes back to like what I was saying about uh, um, the, the shoulder issue with the partial tears. Like everybody's going to have some form of degenerative disc disease. I, when, whenever someone calls me and says, I have, blank pain, whether it's neck pain, low back pain. And the next question is, what treatment should I get? My first and an answer always to that is you need to get a diagnosis first. You need to figure out exactly what the pain generating structure is. Once we know that, then the treatment gets recommended based on that. Um, so I would tell you that your first step, Gary, is you need to get that assessed properly by someone who's competent that understands more than just saying it's degenerative disc disease. And then from there, getting it treated the right way based on whatever um, the the diagnosis is. Because if you if your if your diagnosis is wrong, likely your treatment will be wrong, and that's no good. And and guys, this all starts with a simple free phone consultation for everybody listening. Um, I'm happy to provide this advice at any point and and just have a discussion. And you know, sometimes it will result in you coming to see me and other times it'll just be stuff that you can continue to do on your own or with your current healthcare team but uh it doesn't cost you anything so give me a call or send me an email 
Okay. Um, what is the number for your office? One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Okay. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. No problem. Good way to end it, Gary. Good for another week. Yeah, that number one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Reach out. Call the doctor and uh, email as well, info at paincarecanada.com. Till next time, Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.